like a little, um, like a yeah, soundboard kind of thing. A soundboard. We, we I was gonna go <laughs> get one of Grace's fucking toys. <laughs> Jingle it. <laughs> yeah. Now we need to get the gong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be a stand there, behind us. Yeah, something that's like it just replaces me going. Okay, yeah, I think we're going. <laughs> Would probably be a good idea, but okay. for now it'll do. Uh, anyway, welcome to episode thirty odd of the uh, Liverpool Strength Podcast. Uh, I'm Martin Kimberley, joined as ever by big old James McPhee, who's uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we were trying to figure out like a, a cool angle. Um, so he's blocking out most of the the white that's just above these plates here because we thought that was quite a cool angle, like with the Aleko. Um, so massive. Yeah, exactly. You've been getting so so huge with a Y that you've we don't need another banner. It's just James, but you've just got to stay there doing the yeah. the hard lat spread, practicing for your bodybuilding show. Twenty twenty three. Which is only a laugh. It could be, could be, could happen. Exactly. Exactly. I'm broken hip. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point actually to start off the podcast. Normally, I'd ask you how things are going, but do you want to just explain uh, before we get into today's podcast the issue that you've got and why you're essentially a bit of a broken man? Because it's not like hundred percent confirmed, but I could have one leg an inch shorter than the other, mm. which when like. If you have a lot of like doctors and nurses here, it might tell them they're like, oh, oh. I think oh everyone's got one, but like oh it's an inch. They're like, oh, like as we all know, <laughs> every inch counts. Yeah, every inch counts. But yeah, but we don't know if that's because of the initial injury or that's what's caused the injury. Mm. And I'm seeing a podiatrist and then X-rays and all that. It's stuff. a pretty interesting one because obviously uh, you went to City Rehab, which quite a lot of our guys, whenever they've had like niggles or problems or anything like that, um, we've sent them over to City Rehab. So big shout out to them because they are very good at what they do. They don't just give you a sports massage and send you on your fucking way. They try and diagnose problems and get to the bottom of things. Um, and so usually when you first told me that, I was like, how did they determine that? No, they, they measured me. They actually measured you. So rather than just lying, you're on the bed. And going, oh yeah, you've got one that's longer than the other. Well, yeah, probably because of the way that you're lying. But you've actually measured him. Got his tape measure. I was like, hold up there. Yeah, <laughs> even spots. <laughs> and then even then he was like, he was doing assessments. Like he turned, he turned, he turned me around and went, oh, he's looking at me. And he got scoliosis as well. I was like, oh fuck's no. sake. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> I was like, not something else. But he's like, oh, I'm just thinking too much into it. Because like when I've taken recently like the progress pictures, mm. I noticed there's always like a bit of a tell over to like this side, which could be obviously because of the hip imbalance. That could be to do with your shoulder as well, where you carry yourself with your shoulder potentially. <laughs> no, it's, it's more down there. That's the the shift, not Give up here. A little teapot. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that as a pose in your bodybuilding show as well. Teapot. <laughs> yeah. There's the thumbnail. <laughs> Broke, the broken teapot. <laughs> yeah. Here's my handle. There is no spout. 
the broken spout. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, super interesting. Obviously, if you have chronic pain um, and you're in the Liverpool area, then can't recommend City Rehab highly enough. They'll try and diagnose your problem. No, they haven't sponsored the podcast or anything like that. Um, pretty much all the podcasts are sponsored by me. <laughs> sponsored by self, self, self-sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored with our time and effort. Um, no, they're not sponsoring the podcast, but uh, we've had guys who... So there's one person that I can think of who had issues after she had been snowboarding, um, went to City Rehab, got a lot of uh, feedback from them, gave her some stuff to crack on with, basically got given like a 12-week um, kind of rehab program from them. Only wanted to see her like once a month after that to make sure that these issues were being dealt with and minimized and essentially put the control back into the hands of the person whose issue that it is. They want to diagnose problems. They don't just want to paper over cracks, which I think in the rehab world can be something that happens quite a lot. Oh, you've got a sore, you've got a sore shoulder. Oh, well, it's probably because your back's tight. Let's give it a massage and loosen it off. See you again in 10 days. Yeah, see you next week. Yeah, which for all sports massage is nice at the time. If you constantly have pain um, and you're constantly, uh, you're constantly in pain, um, even after sports massages, there's probably going to be a deeper issue there. Um, and it's probably going to need to be addressed because otherwise you're going to be in pain for a very, very, very long time um, until you decide to take the action that you need to take to fix the issue, which, um, yeah, is, is a good place to be in because it means that you get on the road to being the healthiest version of yourself again. And it doesn't mean that you can't train in the meantime. I mean, you were fucking deadlifting, what, like 210 yesterday or something like that. So still being able to train hard. It's just there's, there's an issue there that has to be worked around, which for all it's annoying, it is what it is. And it's making me focus on deadlifts, which is my weakest lift. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that that... It's a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Kind of. Turn that old alarm off. Uh, I think that that leads nicely into uh, today's uh, topic of the podcast, uh, which I don't know if you want to introduce. Just going to be all about recovery and recovery methods you can use to not be as sore for your next session or to make sure you stay on top of your training, making progress. Mm, I think that. We were talking about titles of what we would call this podcast and recovery for all it gets prattled on about is still probably the most underlooked or overlooked form of training, part of your training. It's essentially the most important part really, isn't it? Like if you don't recover well, yeah. there's an argument for overtraining, but is it overtraining or is it under recovery? I'm in very much in the camp of under recovery. Under recovery. Like, mm. Overtraining is difficult to do if you're recovering well and you feel good and you get an adequate like rest, sleep, hydration, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, let's dive right into it. So I'd say top of the list is probably sleep. Hundred percent. It's like, I remember was it? I think Matt Fraser. It's an interview with Matt about, Fraser. About getting the edge on people. Yeah, do you see it? Like, so like lost them one thing to help. We get better, and it was like sleep. Mm. Getting like 
seven plus hours a night. Also, it's all waking up to like natural light. The, the, the light yeah. alarm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one for people that don't interesting. know. For people that don't know who Matt Fraser is, won the CrossFit Games like five, five years times, in a row. Yeah, five years in a row. Probably could have kept on going. Uh, I think he, does he still do some team stuff? I'm not sure. He just coaches now. Seen like him do quite a lot of coaching, yeah. Um, so yeah, like guys in pretty good shape. Um, fantastic Olympic weightlifter, really good crossfitter. Obviously he's won it f- fucking five times on the bounce. Um, for that to be an example, um, I think, I, I, think what, I, I know exactly the interview that you're on about. Um, he's saying that his coach is saying to him, you won't beat these people just on pure effort in the gym because everyone's putting effort into the gym. If you focus your effort into your recovery, then that's going to lead you to getting greater success. And so stripping things back, like turning any screens off by like half eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I was at, I think like, I was at an, hour, an hour before I went to bed. No, no phones, TVs, everything off. off. Yeah, everything off. Like maybe Did you read, read, a book? read something um, yeah. to help like unwind and relax. Um, drift off into a natural sleep and then that the light thing that was something that before uh before our baby was born that me and jane had started to do but obviously it can be a little bit can be a little bit tricky when one of you has got to be up at five in the morning and the other one can basically stay in bed till like half six yeah <laughs> like that's a bit of a tricky one but waking up to natural light obviously the the whole the whole thing behind that is circadian rhythm so if we like rewind with the 10,000 years we would as humans we would be up uh, at first light with the foraging hunting collecting supplies all that kind of stuff living that paleo life <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> live a king life yeah. <laughs> and we would go to bed and start uh, like resting sundown when the, exactly when the sun went down and so that's where that, that kind of rhythm comes from Obviously, with modern day, like we've got natural light, we've got unnatural light in here. Sorry, we've got blue light from your phones as well. Yeah, Keep light from the phones, light from the laptops. Obviously, if you're watching this, you're going to be watching this on a screen. Um, and so limiting, limiting that uh, exposure to screens, unnatural lights, all that kind of stuff, can have a massive effect on the quality of your sleep and how quickly you can actually get to sleep. Like, um, same what I've been as well. I've been available on my laptop in the evening or watching the event. I've got blue light blockers, mm. which they seem to make a big difference. Yeah. And it could be a bit of placebo as well, but I say I found my eyes aren't feeling like as sort of like the tiredness you get in your yeah, eyes and like the, the, the you itchiness know, and like you dryness. the difference with them? I did have a pair of them, but Oscar sat on them yeah. and broke them. But when I was using them, and it's one of those things that I've not got around to replacing because I was like, that's a pain in the ass, isn't it? Um, when I used them, I found that um, the quality of my sleep went up. Um, wasn't necessarily cutting off screens. Yeah, yeah, not cutting off screen time, light. but just the the blue light exposure. It, yeah, yeah. Because um, can't think of it right now, but it like keeps something in the brain, like awake, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it like it's like mimicking sunlight. Yeah. So you the other thing with like with screens though is that you're typically going to be looking at something which is going to engage your brain. So whether it's like a YouTube video or uh, like an article <laughs> about the importance of sleep, 
<laughs> you're still going to be engaged whether the blue light's there or not. I think the blue light blockers are a really good addition, but don't overlook like the other aspect of, okay, it's still some kind of stimulation. But I did definitely notice when I was using them that my, my eyes felt healthier because I wasn't straining as much. Yeah. Obviously, because it's taken away the, like, the blue light, essentially, and meaning that you can focus on things a little bit easier. So definitely a good addition. Like you say, could be placebo, but also a pair of blue light blockers, you can get them for like 20 quid. I think mine are worthwhile like investment. Less, less than a 10 from yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely a very good, um, very good one. Sleep. Sleep is, there's an old saying like sleep is the best steroid. Um, and so if you're a completely natural athlete, completely natural like competitor or even just general fitness enthusiast, prioritizing your sleep will, will have a huge, huge, huge effect. Going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time, implementing these strategies like cutting off screen time an hour before you go to bed, waking up to natural light, it'll make a huge, huge difference to the quality of your sleep. You got anything you want to add to that? No, it's well, yeah, but we can cover that in a sort of a later point. Sound? <laughs> Sound? <laughs> interesting, um, interesting thing, I actually wrote my dissertation on sleep and strength course, performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, your sleep does have uh, an effect on uh, your chronic strength levels. If you're sleep deprived for like more than, from memory, I think it's like for more than three days, then you will see uh, like a between a, a five and ten percent reduction in strength levels. Acute sleep deprivation, you're probably not gonna experience that much of a loss of strength. So that's like one, one or two bad nights of sleep you're probably not going to see that as much um, reduction in, in like performance, in strength performance. Um, it'll be more like psychological. So when you're tired, you're generally quite grouchy. When you're tired and someone tries to make you do something like squat on max weight, yeah, you're probably going to be even more grouchy. <laughs> that's what caffeine's for. <laughs> yeah. There's also as well to help, it's with, true. <laughs> to help with sleep. I cut off caffeine from like one or two o'clock. Because like caffeine's got an eight hour half life. Yeah. yeah. People think, oh, I need more caffeine, but it's still, it's still in your system. It's so still like, in the system for fucking ages after you've uh, taken it in. Now, I've been trying to follow a similar protocol to you. And uh, one of our members mentioned it to me the other day that he'd cut out caffeine for a good six months. Now, I generally did the same thing while Jane was pregnant, thinking if I, cut, if I limit this now, when I really need it, when the baby's born, it'll actually have an effect. And it did work for a time, but it got to a point where, obviously, to, for it to have any effect, you have to increase the dose. And then at that point, you're essentially just drinking more caffeine without any additional benefits. So I've tried to strip it right back. I had my first caffeine headache this morning which is fantastic. I'd been stripping it back for about... Getting those withdrawals. Five days, yeah. About five days. Um, he says, as he's drinking a coffee at half two, but I'm going to train in a bit, and I've also got rugby training as well, so... You need it, That's yeah. my defence. I need the, uh, the stimulation. I fucking need it. Um, interesting thing about caffeine, just a little bit off topic, 
is what it actually does is it blocks uh, adenosine receptors. So basically when, uh, when we feel sleepy, that's because there's a high concentration of adenosine. Now caffeine is similar in molecular structure to adenosine. And so what it does is it like sort of sits in the receptor and blocks off adenosine being received. So what happens is the body has to create more adenosine receptors. Um, and then when we experience the withdrawals, the reason we get the headaches is because our body's getting rid of those extra receptors that it's had to create. And so it's a little bit fucking horrible for a week or two of like headaches and withdrawals and stuff like that. But in the long term, once you've been through that, it'll mean that when you do reintroduce caffeine, it will actually have a better effect. It'll feel amazing. Yeah, you'll feel that first hit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've gone to like two, two to three coffees a day, down from like fucking eight plus. Jesus, which is a lot of coffee. Bit of a drop, but it's been needed. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's like screen time, big one. Waking up to natural light, prioritizing. Uh, prioritizing your sleep and limiting caffeine, I'd probably say, would probably would say aim for like eight hours, six to eight hours before bedtime. Because even though it will still be in your system, it'll be like kind of tailing off a little bit. Yeah, um, especially if you're, you're training the even as well. Yeah. I find it's less... You can have uh, similar psychological effects from just the smell of coffee. So... If you do really need it, then maybe find a nice tasting decaf, decaf um, and that'll have like similar psychological effects to having a coffee, a normal coffee. If you're one of them freaks that can have a, uh, a coffee and then still go straight to sleep afterwards, then fair play, crack on with that. You'll probably find though that sooner or later, your body's going to be like, yeah, nah, mate, we're, we're staying awake here. And it's at that point you need to think about switching things around a little bit. Maybe cutting out, cutting down on the caffeine. The closer you get to bedtime. Yeah, I can never understand like it. Meals, people having like, getting espresso after the dinner. Mm. It's like, how are you having that? Oh, it's like, fuck, yeah. it's like ten o'clock at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're having that, and then you go and pass out in bed. Hmm. There might be other reasons for that, but we'll move swiftly <laughs> on. <laughs> so yeah, uh, recovery, sleep's number one. There's no escaping from it. What is next? Nutrition. Or getting enough get good quality nutrition. Obviously having your, make sure you have enough calories to recover and fuel yourself for the next session. Although at the minute I'm in a deficit, so I'm struggling a bit. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a deficit even? I have no idea. Oh, just in a deficit. Yeah. So on twenty three, twenty four hundred calories. That's probably like a good probably like for you it would probably be like maybe a seven, eight hundred calorie deficit from maintenance, really, wouldn't it? I would, it, I would it, estimate. It, it, it's come down over the last, because it's what, nine weeks in. So it's come down a couple of, every couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's but, not been one big drop. No. No, because going from like three and a half to like 2,300, 2, that'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to cry. Yeah, I think getting back to the point, Definitely is uh, obviously important to yeah, hitting, hitting protein and carbs. You yourself, yeah, for sure. Mine's gone blank then. Yeah. So like, you'd 
taking your protein, obviously protein is building blocks of muscle. Um, yeah, I mean, for what point? 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of lean body mass? At an absolute minimum, I or would say. 1.6 to 2.2 grams yeah. per kilo body weight, depending which system you use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like protein has got a lot of different... Um, a lot of different benefits. Uh, the blocks the muscle, isn't it? The the body in terms of like optimizing training, like you say, building blocks of muscle. There's no escaping that. If you want to build muscle, if you want to preserve muscle, um, then so yeah, if you're dieting, it keeps you protein, keeps you fuller. Keep full. Yeah, prioritizing protein is probably going to be the way forward. Um, carbs. Prioritizing carbs and making sure you recovered um, for your next session. Basically, carbs good for energy and recovery. Like, when do we need energy before and during our training? When do we need to recover after our training? Basically, uh, carbs fuel pretty much everything that we do. So, whatever carbs you eat, uh, they're going to be fueling like thoughts, <laughs> movements, all that kind of stuff. So, your brain's main fuel of energy, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, making sure that we're ingesting an adequate amount for the work that we've done in the gym and throughout the day is going to mean that we top essentially like top and i hate using analogies like this the fuel tank analogies but it's true like um you wouldn't you wouldn't go on a fucking 500 mile journey <laughs> with 20 quid in your tank unless you had like a really fuel economical car yeah. You at some point you'd refuel it. You'd stop and refuel, stop and refuel if you need as you needed to. And then once you'd finished that five hundred j- mile journey to get back, you'd obviously have to refuel again. And then we can think of sort of intra-session carbs. So that's just basically a fancy way of saying the carbs that you eat during your training session as like the stop-offs along the way, like little top-ups. Like say you get a hundred miles in and you've used a lot more fuel than you thought you would. Topping it up is like an intra-session uh, thing. You might see like footy and rugby players, even like tennis, tennis yeah, players. I was going like to say that. it's more for the the aerobic, aerobic. Yeah, yeah. like style sports, whereas partners and waiters don't really need don't it. Really need it. Like I mean, there's the thing Just, of you never really de- deplete it in a session, are you? Exa- exactly in a competition. Even doing like tens, it's still it's still not really muscle still going to stay full. Like you're not really going to need. <laughs> to have something during your session yeah so um you might mm-hmm. see in certain sports unless you're doing double days yeah that's true that's very that's true there is always like a a circumstance that you you can throw in where it would be appropriate for sure but yeah like you say those like um kind of like aerobic sports so a good example of it is probably tennis because they have like a, a long break every so often during each set where you'll see tennis players eat like bananas, they'll be drinking like what looks like some kind of sugary drink and water a, as well. Isotonic drinks, at the yeah. one. electrolytes, sugars, stuff like that, and the um, the uh, like frubs. <laughs> e- energy gels. Energy gels, yeah. yeah. Like my mind went blank then, <laughs> but I always think of like it's like a sport frube. <laughs> sport frube. <laughs> <laughs> Should make our own. It's called sport fruits. Sport fruits, yeah. <laughs> <Sproobs. laughs> but yeah, like 
in those sports you will generally see those like ingesting like a variety of different types of carbs because they get Next digested off hours can't they yeah get digested down so it's like pathways watching some Andy Moe's games they go on for like five six hours because mm. he'd he'd go like two, is it two two games down and he'd come back and win like three, yeah, two. three two yeah, yeah. but that'd take literally five Fucking six day, hours like a shift <laughs> I bought one, one match was like three days obviously took so long got rained off twice but still you think about and the then on that third day I had to face that match and then go straight and to, the next to a final or something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah like you think about the food that you'd have to eat during them sessions during them matches and then because that would probably be a good sort of two three thousand calories just in them snacks and then like the evening meal after that and then he's probably going to have to eat again as well yeah, like, what was like Michael Phelps' diet like Google. <laughs> 10,000 a day or something like that. Something like that. But again, this, this is more sort of the elite level athlete. Mm. Not the... Average Joe. Yeah, average bro. You say 10,000 calorie diet. What was that? Because I remember the time like loads of YouTubers were like the Michael Phelps diet. Like trying it in a day. It's like he trains, that guy trains like eight hours a day. Especially swimming as well. It's yeah. a very intense sport. In the pool, in the gym. Probably on the track as well for some things. It's mad. So for breakfast, he'd have three fried egg sandwiches with cheese, tomatoes, lettuce, onions, mayo, followed by three chocolate chip pancakes. And then it was not all after sandwiches and pancakes, five egg omelettes. Three sugar-coated slices of French toast, a bowl of grits, and two cups of coffee. <laughs> so that was his breakfast. Only two coffees? Fucking yeah. pussy. <laughs> well, it says on the way to train, if he felt like having anything more, he'd, he'd have it. And then for lunch, half kilo of pasta. <laughs> like, just Ham think, cheese sandwiches. Like, pasta comes in kilo packs. That is kilo mental. When you think about the, um, that, the volume of food that that is. And then, obviously, white bread, white bread, smell of the mayonnaise, energy drinks. Just for dinner, you'd have a pound of pasta, so basically another half kilo of pasta with carbonara sauce and a large pizza and then more energy drinks. <laughs> I think that that... <laughs> and it says this would feed an average man for like almost five days. Week. <laughs> but then, how long does it say he was training for? Yeah, six hours a day, almost every day. If we think about that in terms of like a normal working day, so he would probably, when they say train in there, he's probably actively like in the pool for six hours a day. And then he probably would do like a gym session as well. Gym session, mobility sessions, um, and probably stuff like would probably have to go and see like a, like sports therapists and masseuses and stuff like that. So you probably could round that up to maybe a good eight hours a day, right? When you think about that, that's like, it's like a 30-odd hour work week. Eat, sleep, and breathe. And breathe Swimming. a sport, yeah. But I think that does demonstrate the example of what we're trying to say here is that good nutrition for your goal is mega important. Like, mm. obviously, that guy, isn't he like the, the world record holder for like the amount most, of gold most, most medals, medals or something yeah. like that? Most, most decorated athletes or something. Hmm. Like most decorated Olympian or something like that. Um, so 
if you take that example yeah 23 gold medals three, which is, three silvers and two bronze that's more than some countries like <laughs> that is mad and so that that just demonstrates the importance along with sleep the importance of um yes. what does that say there just he's number one in the the most like decorated player player olympian and behind him in second they've only got 18 he's got 10 medals in the person in second <laughs> and that was between the person in second was between 1956 and 1964. <laughs> imagine what the diet was back then it was like a tub of lard <laughs> Who's that for? Soviet Union. Is that a gymnast? Yeah, gymnast. Yeah. Larissa Latina. That's Latina. Yeah, so I suppose you could make the argument for that, that comparing swimmers to gymnastics, like a swimmer could probably could probably compete for a little bit longer, whereas like a gymnast is like yeah, a little bit of a short lifespan yeah. for that sport really, isn't it? But yeah, getting back to sorry, getting back to the the um getting back to the point. Good nutrition just shows eat for your goal, prioritize protein, prioritize carbs before and after your training. Um, if you're doing like any kind of long distance uh, endurance type training, so like uh, long distance cycling, uh, swimming, fucking running, all that kind of stuff. If you're doing anything for more than an hour, probably going to be a good idea to take some kind of like energy gel, uh, sport frube. Um, <laughs> a sports drink or even some like uh, the the weapon of choice here is a, a squashies yeah, squashies yeah. squashies for the win um, and that'll that'll help replenish your carb stores um, which is a good idea um, after you've finished your workout or like your competition I mean what I do personally after we finish playing rugby is I'll have a pint of coke just like super sugary um, try and help Full, full fat coke. Full fat coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's fat free. <laughs> yeah. Full fat, fucking sugary coke. Sometimes I'll have two pints of it before I have a beer, and then I'll have a beer because it's like, yeah, I've just run around the field for fucking eighty minutes, getting smashed by guys that are twice my size. So I think I've earned this beer. Um, so prioritizing hydration, nutrition, um, all that kind of stuff is going to really, and when you couple that with good sleep it's going to really somewhat improve your performance both in the gym and yeah, those, in your those chosen sport. Hand in hand only. Prioritise those, yeah. You're, base, you're basically 90% there. Yeah. I would say, like, if you can, if you can figure out a way that you can prioritise your sleep and your nutrition and it's going to tick all the, all the required boxes uh, for like macro requirements, micro requirements, like vitamins and minerals, all that kind of stuff. Um, your yeah, carbs, like fats, and proteins. Ninety percent of it is that. Is that like, being consistent with that is going to make a huge difference. Um, so if you can figure out a strategy that works for you, you're ninety percent of the way there. You just have to be consistent. Um, and I think that a lot of the time, especially in like today's society, people want their results yesterday which is kind of frustrating because it takes fucking it can t it can take years to see consistent solid progress mm. yeah, i think those are like those are like the main two so what is next 
Um, I've got salt baths. Salt baths. So once, once, once you've trained, you've eaten, you want to wash. <laughs> so yeah, grab a jump in the bath. Like, Magnesium salts. I, I don't really have any Epsom experience salts. with those. Epsom salt baths. Suppose, yeah, I suppose so, like, have experience with that. But is there any other, like, sort of specific things that you think would be beneficial for that? What, baths? Mm. Just a nice, nice hot magnesium because like when you sweat you lose magnesium like just trying to think of the I believe the magnesium in Epsom salt baths is better absorbed through the skin right okay so that's sort of the reason the behind that an oral magnesium yeah, yeah. Right, okay that's interesting I believe that's the reason behind it like, like it's, it's better absorbed through the skin so sit in a hot bath suppose you could also assume as well that um, so he gets the blood flowing heat yeah exactly heat would uh, like dilate blood vessels and mean that more like nutrients are delivered to muscles that need them faster which i think that i'm pretty sure that um research back in the day would say that you want to avoid heat but i think that's like a pretty fucking stupid yeah. way of looking at it unless you have like a, an, a, a really bad acute injury um you'd probably want to avoid um you'd probably want to avoid cooling it really because that could blunt any like yeah, or delay like, any responses. Yeah, icing sort of stops the recovery, doesn't it? Mm. But people always think, oh, I ice after the session. Yeah. That's like stopping you from recovering. Starting that recovery process. Yeah, like but, you see a lot of, like I'd say, like crossfitters, they, they'll ice after the training. Mm. But that's going to train again in a few hours. So they want to be able not to. Not start the recovery, not be yeah. like, feel the effect as much. Yeah, I get you. So it's like sort of essentially numbing it. Like yeah, because it, it's delaying that process. From it's happening. delaying the recovery yeah. effects. That's interesting because seen have seen quite a lot of uh, CrossFit CrossFitters, weightlifters, and athletes using ice baths. Which I've been in a in many an ice bath. Like the classic one was we had three wheelie bins at the rugby club, and after a tough match, you'd jump into an ice bath. Like a plunge, so, plunge pool. Yeah. So suppose that um, thinking of it in that sense. I mean, there's probably like arguments for it, and I would suppose that there's arguments against it. Um, but science. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a tool to sort of use, like first thing in the morning, what would be your thoughts on that in terms of like helping with recovery? Because what I've always personally found whenever I've jumped into an ice bath, I'll let you think about that for a little bit longer. Um, what I've personally found whenever I've jumped into an ice bath is that obviously it's uncomfortable, it's fucking freezing, all that kind of stuff. Stay in it for like five to seven minutes. When I get out, feel great after about an hour. I don't know whether that's like, again, you talk about the blue light blockers and placebo and stuff like that. But I've only ever really done that on like a rest day. So it's only ever really been on like a Sunday where I've like jumped into an ice bath, put a timer on for five minutes. And tried not to hyperventilate. <laughs> yeah, it was also the um, sort of the next next point is they like contrast showers as well. It's mm. Like cold contrast shower, bathing. hot and cold. Yeah, yeah, hot, yeah, hot and cold. Which what do I've written down for like the protocol? Yeah, that that's that's one that I've definitely utilised in the past. So you got like Wim Hof now, and you like mm. the. I think that's cold. what a lot of this. Uh, sort of like cold showers and breathing cold and showers and stuff like that and breathing exercises has come like, from like cryotherapy looks cool because you get like 
in that machine like just mm. you can only see your head from the top <laughs> yeah. come out it's like all icy villain but yeah. <laughs> come out like Captain America yeah <laughs> just not as ripped <laughs> yet it's kind of the opposite of Captain America <laughs> um, like 30 seconds hot 2 minutes no, 30 seconds cold 2 minutes hot and what's the like, like sort of three, 3 to 5 times what's the sort of like rationale behind that it's the like the vasodilation and vasoconstriction it's like drawing blood closest like which we have we all got in that mission that we're yeah Pulling nutrient-rich blood into the muscle and flushing out waste products to accelerate recovery. All right, okay. I suppose that could make sense because that's always that it's was like something it, like that it, the the heart of flushing out the yeah. core will keep that fresh blood in that area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then by dilating the blood vessels, that would like shoot it out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because that was something that um, I'd kind of blindly followed by one of our uh, sports therapists at yeah. like the rugby club so <laughs> I'd never really like gone hmm I don't know whether there's any credence to this um, as well I think the protocol for ice baths is no longer than is it double the temperature something like that yeah otherwise you get like hypothermia and then you die <laughs> <laughs> you did like I remember watching that Wim Hof did you see when Patrice Ever was on it he was like in the ice, like some lake. He was, he stayed in there the longest. But they were saying, right, you need to get out. He was like, no, I'm staying in. And they're like, no, please get, get out. out. You, you yeah. need to get out, otherwise you'll get hypothermia. He was like, no, I'm staying in. Like all the producers and like everyone presenters, they were all panicking, saying, no, please get out, otherwise. <laughs> this is a real liability. <laughs> yeah, you could have some real problems soon. He was like, he was like just refusing to get out. I was like, he is, <laughs> he is nuts. Like. <laughs> Like, even Wim Hof saying get out <laughs> I think when, when that guy's saying to you that you should get out it's probably time to get out I yeah. think that that's where a lot of the sort of exposure for things like that has come from is like Wim Hof but a little roundabout way of uh, going on about that is that I think a good thing that Wim Hof has brought out is um, people's kind of connection to how they actually feel so rather than just assuming that they feel a certain way because of like the breath work or like the the cryotherapy that they're doing they actually know how the body feels and know when something isn't quite right and um, so i think that that's like a pretty interesting like little benefit of uh the wim hof stuff yeah, i'm just trying to find it it doesn't, doesn't say temperature but he was saying he's saying there for 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> He's there just chilling. Crazy motherfucker. So yeah, like... Yeah, it just doesn't say where it... As a protocol for um, contrast bathing, would you go shower, hot and cold, or yeah, would you have like... Yeah, hot and cold shower. So? Or if you had... Facilities are like a cold plunge pool, hot shower. Mm, yeah, oh, that's true. Like about my strength total fitness. They are there, like freezing cold plunge pool, or they're like pretty much ice buckets. Yeah. Stand under it, just pull it. And, like, <laughs> like sauna as well, like yeah. sauna and. Yeah, yeah, so like something that's hot. Ice, ice bath and sauna, yeah. Cold. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that works like any 
doesn't have to be a shower, but mm. shower is yeah. the, the cheapest option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then probably put a contrast and then salt baths. Because Epsom salts can be beneficial. Yeah. yeah. If that's like electrolyte replenishment, then that's only a good thing, really. And I found it? the cheapest Epsom salts at Home Bargain as well. Like two quid a bargain. Plug for home and bargain there. Yeah. Like they fucking need it. Home bargain. Home bargain, home and bargains. Home and bargain. Home bargain. H and B. Even though it's just home bargains. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> and then We don't do technicalities round here. Yeah? <laughs> like the it's like Azra is the Azra, the Azra. It's, it's not Azda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Azda. Where? Oh the Azda. The Azda. Oh. <laughs> so some mock off shop. <laughs> And then next up was like massage or foam roll. I think that's a pretty Again, interesting another. one. I mean, I always think that a massage is a good idea if you feel like quite tight and you've got kind of like um, kind of like a chronic issue that like you make, your back might feel tight. You might feel like a little bit, a little bit of discomfort, and you generally just want to feel better. Like having someone like work on your back for all it potentially is like placebo. Um, I do think that that is like a good thing. Now, my understanding of like getting a massage is like it helps. Obviously, that pressure helps with like tightness or that kind of stuff. But it also helps to bring uh, sort of like yeah, blood, blood flow. Blood flow. Well, yeah, yeah, like good, good blood flow. Um, the thing with foam rolling is. Uh, the thing with foam rolling is like it the, it can help uh, with obviously like your mobility um, and uh, because generally like quite the cheaper option than getting a massage, but it's only really like a temporary benefit when you foam roll. So for people who sort of like sit at a desk all day long, it's probably gonna be a good idea to spend sort of like five minutes before a session yeah. foam rolling, just so that you can kind of feel what a different posture looks like, what a different posture feels like. Um, and it will will generally help with the sort of end range of motion. Um, but it is only a temporary thing. Um, and how much of that is like sort of psychological as well as a is another fact. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're like sat on the couch chilling, watching, watching the Rings of Power or the game, new Game of Thrones thing, or, or She Hulk, or She Hulk, <laughs> which I haven't watched yet and probably won't. Um, it's Marvel, so I'm watching it. It's actually not, it's actually not bad. No, it's actually not bad. It's fucking yeah. awful. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with like jumping on a foam roller and rolling out areas that might feel like a little bit tight, a little bit sore, a little bit uncomfortable. Don't really think you're gonna do any any damage to anything potentially. Um, I don't think it's particularly dangerous, but you should also know that it's probably not gonna fix all your mobility issues. Like working on your mobility. It's gonna fix them, like increasing your sort of end range of motion and being stable in that end range of motion is what's gonna make the biggest difference. Like you can foam roll all day long and be able to help with that 
blood mm. flow, isn't it? Getting exactly. Any, any knots out, it's not. It's more of a temporary thing, isn't it? Exactly. Like, and that's my like kind of opinion on foam roll. And don't get me wrong, like, great tool if someone's been even people who have active active jobs. Like, it's people who are like down on the knees. <laughs> it's people who are like down on the knees, like electricians and plumbers and all that kind of stuff. And so for them to be able to like get some blood flow like around the lower back, um, upper back, all that kind of stuff, if like they've been hunched over for a good portion of the day, like wake the legs up. That's why we've got a rack with foam rollers that should be perfectly in between me and James. It's not because they're like the greatest recovery tool in the world. Like it's just something Again. that can be beneficial. If you don't want to do it, it doesn't really matter. Um, if you do, they can be a useful tool. Um, one thing that I find, I don't know if you'll agree with this, I do know that you obviously spend a little while warming up because of like various different issues. <laughs> um, you generally use like issues. Theragun, which is like, obviously, I, I would put like a level up from a foam roller. It's basically just like a, a lazier foam roller, isn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> you can sit there and it does the work for you. Um, so that is kind of like in the same kind of bracket as it um which obviously can help with obviously your the way you feel going into a session now i find that when i've done a particularly like hard session uh, like a, a hard like heavy either weightlifting or just strength based session that for my next one i'm probably going to feel like maybe a little bit tight maybe like a little bit little bit of discomfort and so I will jump on a foam roller for two minutes before I start just to sort of get loosen, that loosen feel off. there yeah just to just to psychologically loosen off more than anything but I'm well aware that any mobility restrictions that I've got rolling stuff out for fucking 20 minutes isn't gonna solve that mobility issue like doing the mobility work specific to like the joint or the muscle uh that has the restriction is what's gonna serve you best. So, I remember reading that you want to say like the light for more than just like just quick all over mm. before session, and then yeah. afterwards, that's when you're like really focusing, go, go hard on those places that are, are tight. Yeah, yeah, that's like pretty good protocol. That's the protocol, like, yeah. Wouldn't, um, wouldn't disagree with it, like even rolling stuff out in between sets, nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's I, think, I think there was some research on that. I can't remember the result, but <laughs> it was like far more in between between sets for was it strength or was it power? It's good or bad, um, or no noticeable difference. I would say it was more more towards the the bad, but okay. I could be wrong. Well, it is what it is. Like yeah. uh, I, w- I would assume that probably for power it might be uh, negatively affected, potentially. Yeah. Maybe not so much for strength, but without obviously seeing, reading a study, then uh, wouldn't... Have to have to find it. Wouldn't know. I'd probably say that for just general fitness and uh, like sort of general strength, if you're feeling a little bit beaten up, then one session of doing like a, a foam rolling in between sets probably isn't going to hurt. Um it's what you're doing consistently. So if you're finding that you have like uh, limitations in your ankle mobility, 
it's probably going to be a good idea to work on your ankle mobility rather than and foam rolling can form part of that you can roll your calf out so to get things to, get to, to help to help loosen it and then to get into like some mobility work for your ankle joint um so there is always an application for stuff um but yeah i would say like if you want to foam roll if it makes you feel good go for it like it's not going to replace uh <laughs> it's not going to fix a shitty night's sleep or, oh, yeah. <laughs> or a bad nutrition or a poor diet yeah it's not it's not going to fix either of those two things um or even a bloody uh electrolyte deficiency like fixing those things first and then and then doing some foam rolling foam rolling is probably going to be a better idea mm-hmm. and then what number six just the last one number six yeah did you want well, to th- 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 this all comes this something else i thought of like i mean another one it's sub- like supplements as well supplements right yeah. Yeah. but like the one i was talking about sort of fell in between kind of also in nutrition and and sleep because i take a like a sleep something like zma like right, zinc yeah. magnesium yeah. obviously they, they help with recovery as well but they also help with sleep because i have that pretty much every night help me help me sleep and recover i think that if you have a sleep aid and that's gonna mean that you go into like a more restorative sleep and you spend longer in that restorative sleep then i don't think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um because obviously because i think you can get like herbal teas that can help you sleep like um what else is that like they used to use like la- um, is it lavender like lavender 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 sprays or because yeah. it's like re- relaxing isn't it like yeah something the lavender helps you helps you relax and sleep like, you know, I've never tried it but a lot of people have, I know have used that lush um, lavender face cream I can just picture that now <laughs> picture me yeah <laughs> <laughs> with your face mask on that's also a pretty good point like uh I found that when I invested in a sleep mask um, and it blocked out like any like sort of natural light, you know, when it's like still light outside during the summer months, um, that can be a pretty good sleep aid as well because um, it just sort of helps, helps you drift off, blocks out any uh, natural light that might be keeping you awake. Yep. Any supplements or that's what I'm going to with a minute? I think like zinc, zinc, magnesium. Magnesium, yeah, ZMA is a pretty good one. It's like zinc, magnesium, vitamin B6. Vitamin D. Vitamin D, yeah, like that. Uh, those are pretty good ones. But, yeah, probably more so avoiding caffeine close to bedtime. Crack on, mate. <laughs> um, close to bedtime is absolutely fine. Um, and, yeah, prioritizing good sleep and good nutrition habits is going to be... It'll be more beneficial than anything else. You got anything else you want to go over? And then number seven is the... Is it number seven? You have my nummies, haven't you? Probably um, number eight, actually, because you could call that last one number seven. seven and then you got that, that, that secret sauce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa's cough medicine. Yeah, yeah. that Eastern European mix. <laughs> Eastern European Those, blends. Uh, <laughs> supplements. Yeah. yeah. Wink. So, yeah, like, without wanting to get 
what push down the algorithm <laughs> oh, not to get too political oh, well, uh, yeah that as well um there are supplements that you gotta go, go, go to the dark side yeah <laughs> yeah that are available which will help with recovery because they'll allow you to to basically train harder like um and recover better and so it'll mean that the gap in between intense sessions is a lot shorter now it's more to do with uh, an ethical point of view about whether you take those um i wouldn't advise people to take them just because there's a lot of uh, like sort of lack of data on like long-term use and a lot of like potential side effects depending on the quote-unquote supplement that you're taking don't want that trinkage there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That's all I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> the main that, side there's, also, there's also like the typical like rage as well. Um, well, then that's kind of being like not, not really true. Apparently, you like you either more aggressive or more like balanced, chilled. Yeah, like yeah. one of them all sort of depends on a personality type it just yeah. like sort of compounds things yeah. yeah yeah well that that would make sense but it's also like if you are that way inclined and you take something that's going to make you worse then yeah that, that, that's what it is yeah, it yeah. um then yeah there's, there's a lot of like side effects like potential like harm to the liver harm to the heart all that kind of stuff um so yeah whether you choose to take them or not is entirely up to you but i would as an ethical thing I would advise against it. I'm not going to kid myself though and say that like my favorite athletes have never touched any special supplements because pretty much all the weightlifters in the world have probably smashed smashed some gear at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is like an individual choice. Um, but yeah, they can definitely help with recovery for sure. I think. Yeah, just thinking about like the young weightlifters that have been on them, like. Like fifteen-year-old snatching one hundred and seventeen. It's like, <laughs> okay. It's like this, this um, European youth. And he's like seventeen, snatching world record. He's got a big, full-on beard, and yeah. like mm. covered in tattoos. Like yeah. absolutely yoked out of his mind. It's like I wonder if. <laughs> My God, this guy's only sixteen. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, he finished. He finished second to a uh, guy from Italy, uh, Anton Antonino Pizzolato, and he's definitely been taking some special creatine yeah. like some special italian creatine yeah creatine um so yeah like i think that stuff like that is it's highly unethical to make a child take those types of supplements regardless of how big the fucking child is <laughs> well, how much um, they paid the family yeah yeah um and I think that a lot of going down a sort of separate issue, a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, sort of blowback is on the individual. And when you look at like maybe sort of Eastern European, like South American uh, countries, they're more sort of team and state-sponsored doping, um, as opposed to like you could say sort of like. The, the western countries like GB, America, all that kind of stuff France, Spain, they're more to do with like the individuals or the person who's coaching the individual so when you're 
when you see someone get banned for a like a certain supplement usage it's important to look like where's it from and what's the likelihood that they were pressured into it by the coach or team and how likely was it that it was the individual's choice because I would guarantee that pretty much most of the people that get popped in this country and in America as well that's down it's, to the individual the that, that's, there's not a chance that that's down to the state because they've made such a fucking fuss on keeping sport clean which is a good thing in my opinion like they have their own they have their own dopamine like is it you, you saw that exactly 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 and uh, you can as well yeah so yeah those supplements definitely are available uh not from here though not not from here <laughs> we don't have any little fridges with <laughs> stocked up to the nines um and then we have plenty of doctors and nurses who could get us stuff but <laughs> But no. Allegedly, <laughs> maybe, but no. Um, and yeah, I think I think that that's a pretty good uh, place to call maybe it a day. Cut, cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we leave it in. We leave it in. All unedited. Uh, that's a pretty good place to call it a day. So yeah, if you do have any questions about recovery, they've basically been answered in this podcast. Uh, prioritize your sleep. Prioritize your nutrition. Uh, get a salt bath if you can. Uh, contrast bathing can be useful uh, cold and warm showers can be useful uh, saunas and stuff like that super useful uh, what else did we say supplements, supplements uh, as in the ones that you can buy over the counter can be useful uh, and if you choose to those, uh, those the, the, special, dark, the dark side the dark side yeah. <laughs> although you'd have to go somewhere else to get your hands on those yeah. um, yeah, if you have any questions, please stick them in the comments. Uh, send us a message. Uh, if you want to come in and train with us in person, uh, check out the link that's in the description. Um, we also do remote coaching. So if you're not able to get to our facility, but you want to train and get fucking massive, super fit for your sport, or generally just want to lose a little bit of body fat, give us a shout. Yeah, see you next time. Au revoir.